You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. Podcast, 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 podcast. The first and the best Chiefs podcast. Real ones know the show is called Amateur Hour. The Amateur Hour podcast is now airing on KC Sports Network. Ryan Scott Hall and his Dirkness are back again. We've got football, friendship, and fun. All these shows, we're still number one, season 12. Oh, wow, here it comes. Welcome, my friends, to Emma, Amateur Hour Podcast. Podcast. Man, I can't hit that note right. Podcast! Is that right? Ah, well. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, Amateur Hour? Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just a amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Yeah, that's right. The show is called Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall, and joining me today, my co-host, my friend, my man. Oh, no, we sup again. That's perfect. That is a perfect way to start a show after a game like that. Um, You know, Dirk, I was thinking about it. You, you particularly a few weeks ago, uh, really seemed like you were rattling off excellent predictions week after week. You've really had a pretty solid pulse on this team for most of the year. Did you think they were even capable of a performance like that on Christmas Day? Yeesh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did have a few games in there, I guess. I appreciate those kind words. Um, I, I am also the guy who's been telling you all season that this offensive ineptitude would never last. Um, so, you know, a game like this, no, not really a season like this, uh, in no way, shape or form did I ever think a season like this was remotely possible. Uh, I mean, this has been at this point, a colossal failure, um, on the offensive side. It's, I mean, it's hard to say the team, but the defensive improvement that we've seen, but on the offensive side of the ball, just a colossal failure. Um, you know, I, I, I looked at it. I just didn't think it was possible. I, you got the three Hall of Famers up front, obviously, looking at the team, you know, as they're struggling through the early part of the season. You're looking at an offensive line that I thought would probably be a little bit of an improvement, at least, uh, or at least the same as last year. You know, we're comparing all of everything to last year. This, all these pieces in place last year, number one offense, wins the Super Bowl, everything you could possibly imagine, even after trading away Tyreek Hill. Um, the receiver talent room, you know, you're, you're losing Juju. You lost Nicole early on. He's basically been a non-factor. Uh, but, you know, you're expecting jumps from a guy like Tony and Sky Moore. Um, you know, you're not expecting MVS to get worse. He's not 30 years old or anything. Um, so, you know, there's talent there in the room. It should be pretty similar to last year. It just never made sense to me that it would last like that. And it gets to the latter half of the year where the math changes on the team and, you know, we see this defensive improvement and all of a sudden we don't even have to be as good as we were in 2022 anymore. We just have to be, we don't have to be great anymore. We have to be good. 
And, you know, we're looking at all these correctable mistakes now, week after week. You know, an MBS drop, a fumble, a PI call, uh, penalties, turnovers, everything that they can fix if they just figure it out and clean it up. Uh, and that kind of fast forwards to this game on Christmas Day. And I really thought this game was different. Um, I did not think it was correctable mistakes, even though there was some big mistakes in there. I didn't think it was shooting ourselves in the foot. I felt like it was them, the Raiders, coming into Arrowhead and kicking our ass and telling us about it. Well, they did it. And I felt like we just didn't have any answers on the offensive end. And that's why I thought it was probably the most embarrassing loss of the Mahomes era. I wouldn't say worst loss because, I mean, you got playoff losses in there, some heartbreakers. It's obviously not at that level. The Titans game in itself is probably worse, but that game's at noon. You know, not everybody's watching. This is on national television at home on Christmas Day, and they they put up that shit performance, and it was, I, I would call it the most embarrassing loss of the Mahomes era. It was, it was tough, tough to watch and absorb it was it was tough. Um, embarrassing is right. I, I I'll use the word worst. Um, really was like one of the worst games of my life. Um, recency bias aside, I you said you know you think about like the stakes of some of those playoff games. Honestly, man, I think this was comparable to some of those playoff heartbreaks in how unbelievable it actually was. The Raiders didn't complete a pass for the final 47 minutes of this game, and the Chiefs lost. The defense allowed six points, and the Chiefs lost. I mean, we're talking about, like, how, how I know it's not a playoff game, but how is it any different from some of the things that we've seen take place in the playoffs? Losing a game in which the opposing team doesn't score an offensive touchdown. Well, that didn't happen against the Raiders. Raiders didn't score an offensive touchdown. Freaking lost. Um, you know, we we think about like some of the the calls that have happened at the end of games, whether it's um, you know, the the forward progress. Um, you think about the the way that the Colts came back when the Chiefs were up, you know, they end up losing 45-44. I mean, all these different things that seem so improbable. I don't, to me, at least, see a whole lot of difference in the improbability of how this game turned out compared, like, walking into it, I never would have thought. I mean, if you tell me that the Chiefs defense allows six points and that the Raiders don't complete a pass after the first quarter, I'm telling you they murder that team. That they absolutely annihilate them that they gift wrap one of the most wonderful presents that any fan could want to open on Christmas morning, playing a hated division rival, and they, they didn't even allow him to complete a pass for three quarters. Can you believe it? I would be cackling and enjoying every minute of it, and they lost that game. Make it make sense, man. Like, I, it seems, you say embarrassing, it just felt impossible to me. And that's where, like, man, look, I I tweeted this out toward the end of the game, and I am not suggesting anything, but this is my honest analysis. That's the kind of game 
late in a season. And this is the type of season offensively that typically costs somebody their job. You go out and you play a game like that and somebody gets fired because of it. Andy doesn't usually operate like that. Clark doesn't usually operate like that. Stability is the name of the game. Consistency, continuity. And most of the league has been struggling offensively. I get it. But I don't think that this is strictly a personnel problem, man. I really don't. And after a loss like that, in a season like this, I think a lot of ugly, difficult questions start to become fair to ask. There are some dumb questions out there, but I think that there are a lot of questions that we would never want to start scratching at that to me feel valid right now. Are you willing to start asking questions about a guy like Andy Reid? Are you willing to start asking questions about a guy like Travis Kelsey? I've kind of been talking about Travis a little bit throughout this season, but like these guys, I know they're Hall of Famers. I know they're beyond reproach. Are they giving you their best right now? I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of some different pie. It's it's a when it's a colossal failure like this. I, I mean, it falls at everybody's feet. So if you're asking me if Andy Reid is to blame, yes, big time, maybe more than anybody else. Um, if we're asking questions about should we move on from Andy Reid, it's a definitive no. Right. Um, so I'm not I'm not entertaining anything like that. Um, but you know, it's it's. How about this? I'll ask you this question because it's not. I'm. I'm. I don't want to ask if we should move on from Andy Reid. But do you think that Andy's slowing down? Because man, this they are not the the innovative Kansas City Chiefs Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes offense that we are used to. Not no, even close. We. I mean, we've seen little pockets like this before, like in 2017. Remember, we got off to that really hot start, and it looked like a new Alex Smith. Um, you know, and then we really just fell apart with some really ugly losses in there, and, and the season just felt like total shit. And that's the one ended with uh, the Titans' loss. Is that? I have the, yeah, I have the right year, 2017. It felt like kind of stale that year. Um, you know, there's the pocket in 2021 uh, where where things changed a lot. Defenses started changing how they played us, and the offense looked stale again then. So I believe in Andy Reid to eventually figure it out. But you know, I've, I've kind of been saying that all year, and th- and you could say this season would be a longer you know streak of of shit than than those seasons i guess you could say shit streak (laughs) i keep looking for different words and then the only thing that comes out is shit you know just like the dog that shit on on the 44 yard line at arrowhead stadium which was uh, i was cackling at when i finally saw and had three glasses of wine in me later on christmas day trying to forget about this i was like hey look the dog took a dump on the field that's great um I don't, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, that's the, I, I, again, I will go, I will go back to my statement after a loss like that in a season like this, I think that a lot of ugly and difficult questions become fair to ask. And when I say that, like, maybe Andy is slowing down, um, I, I know that the personnel is different. Um, they, they changed their offensive tackles and they don't have an adult in the wide receiver room. Um, I I get yeah. the receiver coach from last year is still on the the staff. Joe, Joe Blee Meyer. Yeah, that was I thought that was kind of weird because I mean we're all blaming him, but it's it would seem like you know he's still helping out the receivers. But I mean obviously it's a lot of help he's doing. I guess. I guess yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, the offensive coach stuff is kind of interesting. I mean, Nagy seemed to be like the whipping boy this week with, you know, some of our whipping boy receivers not playing out there. So we had to find someone new and it kind of went to uh, Nagy, I guess. Um, I don't, I I can see it, I guess. Um, he's around last year and he's around for, a, a, I mean, a lot of the success. It's, um, and I don't, I, and, and the BNME stuff, all right. So the discipline stuff with BNME, I totally get. I don't get like the passing scheme has now changed because Eric Bieniemy left. Like I don't think that's like his strong point. So I don't think that's like what has changed from last year to this year. Um, so I think the discipline stuff is very fair to ask about that, and some and some other stuff probably too. Like maybe I mean the running game, which was a a disaster this week. I couldn't believe how bad the running game was. Uh, when it's showing promise, all this and then all of a sudden just falls off a cliff like that. That was kind of weird to see. Um, the Nagy stuff. I mean, where do you fall on Nagy? I mean, it's his Bears stuff. I mean, he's he's got Mitch Trubisky as quarterback the whole time, so of course the offense is going to look, um, you know, different than than what we're used to with Mahomes, and he's kind of trying to do what he can. And he actually had some success with Trubisky, so I don't think he did a terrible job in Chicago, even though it ended very ugly. Um, but it's it's hard to put it at any of their just you know in Bietami or Nagy's feet because it would. It's Andy's offense. Andy's in charge here. He's the one running the show. So, I mean, I guess if your question is if he's just losing it a little bit, I mean, sure, it's possible. I mean, he's he's older. Um, I don't know, but he's so dedicated to the game. Like, it's, I don't think he's putting any less time into it. I just don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer because I didn't think this was possible. It's 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 all new to me. I I have have honestly tried not to be thinking about it because it was it sucked to to watch so much. Uh, trying more to forget about this game, um, so I'm happy to talk it out. But I mean, it, 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 I think Andy, do you think Andy Reid's the the number one person to blame for like the season and how it's gone? Uh, I mean, it it all starts and stops with Andy because he's the head coach. You know, um, I mean, he's the one that will stand up there and take the responsibility. Some of that is uh, just being a professional. You know, uh, just, just being the adult in the room, I'm going to stand up. I'm the head coach. This is on me. I've got to do better. And we're going to hear that week after week. And I don't think that it might get stale to listen to as fans, but I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that it's all on Andy. You asked a question about like the enemy and, and Nagy, um, you know, if it's kind of like a, a one or the other thing, um, let's talk about that. We'll take a quick break first. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, listen, this is a sports podcast. We love sports. You love sports. And if you'd like to share your love of sports, uh, maybe you could consider doing it with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City by coaching some local youth. Uh, listen, Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater KC need your help today beyond the after-school programming that they offer. Uh, they also have leagues for baseball, softball, basketball, flag football, and more. You can just visit helpkckids.org and click on volunteer for more information. And so, I mean, look, we can talk about coaching. If you find yourself coaching from the couch during games, you should consider coaching from the sidelines as a volunteer with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. You can learn more at helpkckids.org and click on volunteer. Looking for a way to make a big impact to Kansas City? Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City need sponsors for their sports teams and leagues. Help local kids while promoting your business throughout the metro. Email giving at helpkckids.org for more information about sponsoring teams and leagues. Hit them up. Well, you know, Dirk, on this this Nagy versus be enemy conversation, and like, you know, we can't... The Chiefs fans, and and we're guilty of this at times, but I know that we have also said pretty explicitly throughout the season, like there's no one person or 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 like position group or whatever that we can blame. All right. Like we can't just sit here and play pin the tail on the donkey and say, like, this is this is the person whose fault it is. Occasionally, that might happen in a game when we say, Oh, well, if Kadarius Tony wouldn't have, you know done this one drop or MBS would have caught this pass or whatever. I mean, I know that we still think that way, but it's a combination of things that always goes into any loss or certainly a season, a stretch like this. But I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves, man. I mean, we mentioned that the chiefs started six and one. We kind of went through this a little bit last week. Well, since they started six and one lose, win, lose, win, lose, lose, win, Lose three and five since their hot start. I mean, they they're they're back and forth every week, man. We don't know what to expect from a team that has been the model of consistency over the past five seasons. And look at some of the numbers. If you want to dig a little bit deeper, even if we're not like going full deep dive here, Mahomes is going to have his most interceptions and his most losses of any season. He's going to have his worst points per game. He's going to have his lowest average depth of target. He's going to have his lowest yards per attempt. He's going to have his lowest expected points added, his fewest number of yards, his lowest touchdown total. He only has one game-winning drive. They've only scored twice when losing in the fourth quarter the entire season. Guys, it's not as if the Chiefs haven't been in a position to win all of these games. But offensively, Whatever the problems are, they don't have the solutions. And that's when I start thinking about Andy Reid. And I guess I think a little bit about the Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, you know, kind of passing of the torch here. Because 
we all walked into this season, and really, I think as soon as Matt Nagy got brought back, and then there's all the noise about how it's going to be Eric Bieniemy's last year, um, and so on and so forth before last season, I think a lot of people kind of expected, all right, well, Veach and Andy, for whatever reason, they think that Matt Nagy is the coach in waiting. Whenever Andy Reid leaves, it becomes Matt Nagy's team. Does anyone feel safe or confident or comfortable making that statement right now? And again, it's kind of unfair of me to ask that question after one of the worst offensive performances of Mahomes' career. If you look at expected points per drive, uh, it was. It was 109th out of 109. Uh, for those of you that follow Shiel Kapadia, he does a lot of like those advanced statistics, and he kind of has been tracking Mahomes uh, throughout the year. And I think in the however many, the Chiefs are now nine and six. Um, so we've played uh, 15 games. I think over half of them have been in like the bottom 20 of Mahomes' entire career in terms of some of the advanced stats specifically expected points at. You got something on that, Dirk? Yeah, I mean, just a, another stat that kind of backs that up, adjusted yards per attempt. So it's basically yards per attempt, but it factors in touchdowns and interceptions and not just yards. Um, the Broncos' loss this year was the lowest of Mahomes' career. Um, the Eagles' loss was the second lowest of his career. The Jets' win was the fourth lowest of his career. Um, the fifth lowest was the Titans' debacle from 2021. And then the sixth worst of his career was this game against the Raiders. Um, so five of the worst six games. I mean, this, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like the numbers are brutally bad. Or you said two, like four of four, four of the worst six, four of the worst six. Yeah. Oh, cause the, yeah. either way, I mean, dude, it's, it, it's bad. It's very, very bad. I heard on the post game show, uh, what I thought was kind of an interesting point and I don't want to speak for him and I'm probably going to butcher it, but, um, our, our our friend and coworker Maddie Lane was talking about how one of the problems he thinks with the offense is that I mean right now other than Matt Nagy like do most I mean most Chiefs fans may not know guys on the coaching staff like we know Connor Embry for the wrong reasons we know Joe Bleemeyer for the wrong reasons I don't think that it. Oh, Todd Vincent is on the staff. Like I just like Andy Heck, I guess is still here. I don't know who it is. It I don't the probably the same tight end coach that's been here forever. But like the the Chiefs have always kind of had this like next guy up. Who this is like the next hot dude that's going to go out and and get a job when he leaves Kansas City. I don't know who that guy is. Um, they went from Peterson to Nagy, to kind of be enemy and Kafka. Kafka may not get a job this offseason because the Giants have had such a rough year. Regardless, I don't think they have like that next guy up, like who's the hot shot, young dude that they're grooming. I don't see him on the staff. I don't know who that guy is. It would, I mean, if it was anyone, it would probably be that Joe Blameyer because he's the one that got you know, uh, promoted this year from receiver coach to pass game coordinator. So he might be like the kind of he seems like the most senior offensive coach. Like he's not a position coach uh, on the staff right now behind Reed and Nagy, obviously. Right. Well, the the point that I was trying to make and wasn't able to quite get there, uh, Matt Lane basically said that, like, I think that all of these guys, I mean, Matt Nagy, don't get me wrong. It's not like every single thing that he's learned about football, he's learned from Andy Reed, but like as a professional, 
he is his offense really is Andy Reid's offense. And so like if we're looking at like how do we solve some of the problems that they might come up against, everyone has Andy's solutions. And, and so they like if if you're looking for a change in the offseason somewhere in that coaching staff, you need somebody that thinks differently. Somebody that isn't this. It's not about like, well, we've got to challenge Andy or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure that that's part of it. But it's a matter of who looks at the game a little bit differently, who has solutions that aren't drawn up the exact same way that Andy would do it because you didn't learn everything that you know about this game from Andy. And when I ask that question about Andy slowing down, man, it's because like it's very clear that like the offensive system that is setting the league on fire right now is Shanahan, whether it is Kyle or it's McVeigh or it's McDaniel. Like that is the offense that is in vogue right now. It's not Andy Reid's. And when I think about the way that Andy has innovated with this team, whether it's seeing a game like when they played the Niners a couple years ago, and it was like, we're going to scheme stuff up all afternoon and make Bosa have like the worst day of his life. This is so last year. I mean, it was just barely more than a year ago. Right. Um, you know, they've done the same thing with Max Crosby at times. Like, we're going to let you fly up the arc and, and try to get to the quarterback and then throw a screen right into that space. And we're going to chip you and we're going to do all these different little games on our own offensive line. And I mean, do, I, I will say that I think the apart, I guess they ran what they call Heisman um, in the game last week against New England, um, kind of a punchless opponent. And yet we let them be in the game. Um, you know, they, sure. They pulled out a, a play from the 1940s, but like, I don't see the Andy did something in week three or week four, like the shovel pass that then takes the entire league by storm. And it's not fair to expect him to do that every single year. But like, I don't, I don't think that Andy is on his a game at all this year. And I don't think Mahomes is, and I don't think that Travis is, and I don't think the offensive line is, and all of those things piling on each other is adding up to the worst season that we've seen in the Patrick Mahomes era and really kind of coming to a head with that game against the Raiders. So a couple of things are kind of interesting. So I was looking at Matt Nagy just to see when he was here. He was here from 2013 to 2017, and his only year as offensive coordinator was 2017, which is the season that I kind of talked about. Um, and they kind of, remember that was the season they started out hot, now it's just throwing down field, and it's like, wow, is he... He's like a new quarterback because Mahomes showed up and he's like, he's kind of changing the way he plays. And then they went through a lull in the season where they lose, you know, they get blown up by the Cowboys, they lose nine to 12 to the Giants in overtime, they lose 10 to 16 to the Bills at home, they lose to the Jets, and they get to six and six. Um, and things really get ugly after that hot start. Um, and that's after starting five and one. So they lost, they went one and five in their little pocket in there. But then really, they win their last four games and kind of build up hope, which is kind of almost where we were this season like it's it's been like kind of up and down but then it's like okay we got four games left this is when andy's teams usually lock in and you know kind of use these as like get right games and let's you know make a push in the playoffs here and that's what was so disappointing because like even as disappointing as the season had been like they still have and they honestly still have everything in front of them uh for this season like the path is still there for them to win if they can figure out it's just that i've lost my faith in them to figure it out like that's that's what kind of went out the door for me this week, um, so it's still kind of there, um, but I just don't think they'll be able to to get there anymore. And and I thought they would be able to all season long. 
Uh, so kind of interesting that he was off as the coordinator that season. Um, and then I think a lot of people were kind of blaming Nagy for like the uh, like the the shortness of the game, like not throwing the ball downfield at all, keeping everything at the line of scrimmage. Um, a couple weird stats on that. So it was the lowest uh, intended air yards per attempt of Mahomes' career. That's that's basically you know where he's throwing the ball, the targets for for every attempt. Uh, it was three point six yards per attempt in this game. It was the worst of his career. Um, other than the Broncos game where he left early and only threw it 11 times, I think, in that game. So that's throw that game out. Uh, the weird thing is, seven of the other worst eight games like that in his career all wins. It's also the lowest completed air yards of his career. The average depth of completion in this game was 1.1 yards. The next 14 games, the next worst 14 games like that in his career, all wins. So it's like usually when you see the stats like this, like of the, you know, throwing it close to the line, and this is kind of, it, it was just a weird stat because I was like, well, that's weird. These are all wins except this game here. It makes me think of like Andy Reid shutdown mode, kind of like they get up to leads in these games and then they're just, you know, throwing screens and, and swings and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that and like just, just kind of the narrative, a little bit of a pushback on the narrative that like he's not throwing downfield and like that's why they're struggling. I do think that's a big factor. We saw that really drop off last year. Um, and we kind of commended them for it because it, it did look different, but he was down at, I think it was 23rd in the league in like depth of target last year. And he's down at like 31st or 32nd, depending on where you look uh, this year. So it's gotten worse, but everything last year seemed like in the rhythm of the offense. Um, whereas this year, it seems like almost nothing is in the rhythm of the offense. Like the screens kind of come out cleanly. Um, I actually did a weird thing this week. I actually watched the all 22 film cause I was, I was just flummoxed at what was happening with the, uh, with the offense. I was like, let me see if I can try to get some answers. Spoiler alert. I did not get any answers. It was, it's, it's brutal to watch, um, both, you know, aesthetically as, as a fan, cause it's, there's no sound or anything. So you're just watching plain film here. And I didn't really learn much because it was like one, once I thought I learned something, I was like, well, Mahomes has people open, but he's. You know, now he's get, he's getting pressured early in the game, and that was kind of the, the problem. So like, oh man, these people do pop open, but he's getting pressured, and he just doesn't have time to find them. Then the offensive line kind of figures things out in the third quarter, but I'm watching the receivers, and nobody gets open. Um, and then you know, as the game goes on, the fourth quarter, then some receivers pop open again, like short, but he's not throwing up, and he ends up like scrambling on those plays. So it's just it was a real grab bag of stuff. Um, the two biggest pullaways was that nothing happens smoothly everything feels late even the completions are like it's open and he sees it and then he like waits an extra pump and then he's throwing it so even like completions they're like nothing feels on time honestly the one throw that he did make like in rhythm was the one that was picked off and and returned for a touchdown like that was i mean that obviously plays a part in that um so it makes him hesitate on that another thing he downright refuses to throw the ball to mvs and, you know, the, it, he's open multiple times in this game. Anytime, like, I saw a guy open and, like, hell, Mahomes is even looking at him. He can he can throw this in here. And it's it was always MVS. And it's and it's just, like, he just refuses to throw the guy the ball, which, I mean, at this point, what can you say? I mean, either play him or don't. But if you play him, you have to be willing to throw him the ball. You can't just have a guy out there eating up 80% of the saps and refuse to throw him the ball, which is basically what it seems like this season. Like his targets is, it's so 
astonishingly low for someone who's played as many snaps as he had. It's just like, you can't... If you play him, throw on the ball. If you're not going to throw on the ball, then don't play him. Like, those are the two salute, Those are the two answers. I, it cannot be like it is now. And so if, if this is a Mahomes problem, why is he not going to Andy Reid and say, we got to get somebody else in here? And, and you know, someone who I trust and throw the ball. And maybe that's nobody, but keep throwing out bodies. I mean, if, if this is if this is a problem in like week six, I don't trust throwing the ball to MVS anymore. Okay, then put a guy in there and we'll just ride it out and figure it out. Like Justin Ross kind of came to mind. I guess he was missing at that point in time, but figure something, anything else out other than putting a guy out there that you're just not willing to throw the ball to, which it seems like is the case with Mahomes and MVS. You know, you mentioned the, the rhythm aspect of it i mean the the chiefs have no rhythm they're they're kevin james in uh hitch i mean they they're they need to learn how to dance they got two left feet like they are absolutely brutal to watch offensively uh our guy brandon kiley rewatched the game late last night and i saw that he said essentially the most surprising thing for him in rewatching the game was the fact that the Raiders defense looked like they were on double speed and the Chiefs were playing on half speed. That like this Chiefs offense is just not threatening them at all. And I mean, look, dude, the, it it was specific in this Raiders game. It was unbelievable to me how easy it seemed like the Chiefs were to defend. I mean, it felt like the Raiders literally had Andy's call sheet. Um, and, and after the Jack Jones pick six, he's then standing in our offensive huddle. What was that? And, and then eventually, Antonio Pierce is standing in our offensive huddle to get Jack Jones out of it. And and you know, I was talking to my buddy Steve. I'm like, dude, it, it felt so emblematic of the way that the game was going that a defender and a defensive-minded head coach, former linebacker, are literally and figuratively standing inside of the Chiefs' offensive huddle. We had no answers. We had, I mean, I guess a couple surprises in there for them, one of which we surprised ourselves and put the ball on the ground and allowed them to pick it up and return it for a touchdown. Um, but let's, let's look at this in terms of rhythm because I think that this is a stat most people would consider kind of the rhythm stat and it's time to throw it's do you get the ball out quick or do you hang on to it and this is a stat that's always been kind of tricky with Mahomes because when he extends plays that's when the magic happens right and I use that word deliberately because that was the word that Jack Jones threw around before the game or was it was it him or was it a meteor the, the you you know you you stop the magic or you stop the magician and then the magic whatever blah 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 it was probably a decent quote I think it was him um but how about this just in 2023 season um in the less than two and a half seconds category Mahomes has 311 attempts and in the over two and a half seconds category he's got 257 so I mean it's it's pretty close to 50 50 here all right i think that's that's a, a really nice like over under way to look at it two and a half seconds well in the throwing the ball quick getting it out fast under two and a half seconds mahomes has 75 percent completions 17 touchdowns seven interceptions three sacks some of these things are natural only being sacked three times in under two and a half seconds makes sense 
But listen to these numbers when he holds the ball longer than two and a half seconds in 2023. Uh, instead of the 75% completions, he goes down to 57%. Instead of the 17 touchdowns, nine. He's got another seven interceptions. He's got 14 on the year. He's thrown seven in under two and a half seconds and seven over two and a half seconds. He's been sacked 22 times when he holds the ball beyond those two and a half seconds. I mean, there is a huge difference in these splits. And basically, the longer Mahomes has the ball, the worse the results are. And some of that, I think, is baked into the very nature of it. But it just doesn't look good to me, man. Well, and we had a stat at some point. I don't have it now, but it was like it was Mahomes' record with his average time to throw in the game. And it was basically like it was he was like 44 and one when he averages less than two and a half seconds to throw in a game or something. And then like nine and eight or something in the in the other games. Uh, I wish I had that stat, but I was just like, so you can tell like when the Chiefs are struggling, it's you'll you'll see Mahomes throw on hold on to the ball like an extra time or two and it's nothing will look smooth in the offense which is it's so wild how smooth everything looked last year and like we committed him like oh okay he's finally like he has to be able to take these check down completions and move the offense like that and we were just like complimenting that so much and it really feels like that has just disappeared and and you saw it more than anything in this game like in that third quarter man like after he threw the pick it was just like Mahomes you have to throw the ball like get rid of and he's just sitting back there forever you know to a point where he has he actually has more scramble yards in this game than he did in the super bowl uh what is that 45 55 disaster is that 55 lv 55 um so he actually has more scramble. what he's running around for his life in that game you know that i mean the difference is we had an offensive line in shambles that game with our two best players out and in this game i mean i guess you can say donovan smith is out and you're starting a rookie at, at left tackle who Really had a tough time. Gave up 13 pressures in this game. Wanya Morris is someone that we've, I've been wanting to talk about um, because of how promising he looked in his first two games. And I was just like, man, if the Chiefs can get a rookie left tackle in the third round, like that's that solves such a big problem, like monetarily. Like that's a $20 million position. If you can get a guy for the next four years at a third round rookie salary, like that's a huge bonus. Um, looked, showed a lot of promise in the first two games, looked pretty good, really struggled in this game. Um, going against, up against Max Crosby can kind of do that, uh, but that was tough to see. But the rest of the offensive line, there's not really any excuse. Like, the offensive line should be one of the strengths of this team, and they just, they got their asses kicked in this game, like, right away. Um, Mahomes running for his life. The running game here, they end up with, the Chiefs running backs had 15 carries for 32 yards. They also had a 12-yard little trick play touchdown in there that, you know, they get some credit for, but that's more scheme than, like, blocking. If you take that out, they had 14 attempts for 20 yards in the game. Um, they got stuffed on multiple third-and-one run attempts this game, um, which it seemed like they had kind of figured out the last couple of weeks. Oh, I mean, the offensive line play in this game in general was just... And this is the... The problem is you sacrifice at receiver so you can be strong in offensive line. And it's just not a strong unit right now. And it's and it's wild to see because we think these guys should be good. They we have, you know, money tied into Tooney and and Taylor. We have draft capital and just res out, outright respect for Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. There's no reason for these guys to be as bad as they were in this game on Sunday. And that really just affected things right from the get go. I mean, that was 
that was the first quarter. The, the biggest problem in the first quarter was the offensive line just could not block the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I I don't know who Koontz is. You said Max Crosby was eating Wanya's lunch, and he was not. Max Crosby was lined up over on Juwan Taylor pretty much the entire game. It was Dean Koontz out here. Now, I, I was looking him up trying to see if he had, like, you know, more sacks. The three that he had in that game was more than, like, the rest of his career combined. Uh, he was a third-round pick for the Raiders a couple years ago, but it looks like he basically hasn't played until now. Um, is his name Dean Koontz? Because I'm looking at some goofy-ass little author here. That well, that's what I call He doesn't even come up because he's or just your little name play. No, it's just spelled differently. It's spelled K-U-N-C-E, I believe. Um, how, how about this for... This guy's so... I can't even find him in Google. He's, so, he's such a non-NFL player. <laughs> I mean, that's... They're, they they really did uh they got whooped man and and i mean somehow managed negative 18 total yards in the first quarter um malcolm i mean Koontz. malcolm coots yes yeah. um i i think that one of the reasons that the offense is struggling i know that we have tried to mitigate it uh tried to downplay it but i think that for whatever reason, the way that he was coached and the way that he approaches, at least on the field football, uh, Juju is an adult. He plays the position the right way. He doesn't care if he's going to get hit. He runs the right route. He runs it at the right time. He lines up in the right spot. All these different little frustrations for Mahomes. Well, Rasheed, why'd you stop? Or, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be on this side of the field over here. Or... You guys ran the same route right next to each other. You're in the exact same area. Now I have too many defenders there. All yeah, that, that, are you talking about that fourth down play? That's just him and Kelsey are right by. I, I don't get that play at all. I don't. There's no way it could be drawn up like that. So I feel like one of them ran the wrong route. Yeah, he throws it to Rasheed. So you would think he runs the right route. So then it would be Kelsey that's running the wrong route. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, and this and is also, where... I, I think with everything we've seen, I'm ready to go back to last season and give the NFL MVP. To Juju Smith-Schuster, right? the posthumous, posthumous 2022 NFL MVP. I've never seen one more, one player leave a team and cause more chaos than Juju Smith-Schuster and his 312 receiving yards this year. Here's here's where the Chiefs. I think. I mean, we've we've gone through talking about all these different areas where the team is struggling. There's no shortage of things to point to. Um, here's According the biggest one yet. Here's here's where, and this was uh, something that my buddy Steve pointed out to me. The chief, the Chiefs on first down. Uh, have you looked at the first down splits, Dirk? From the season or from this game or what? From this season. No. Uh, so, Patrick Mahomes on first down in 2023. Eight of his 14 interceptions... He's been sacked six times on first and 10. That's more than any other position period. It's he has, they they've been sacked. They've been sacked six times on third and seven to nine yards. They've been sacked five times on third and 10 or more yards. 
And they've been sacked six times on first and 10. Eight of his 14 interceptions on first and 10. He's thrown 10 interceptions of his 14 on the Chiefs' side of the field. Um, consistently putting the defense in bad spots. And to me, I mean, I think that the defense is continuing to step up game after game. After game. I mean, I, I look we'll get at to your next week defense. We'll get to your next week. We promise. Any other season of Patrick Mahomes' career, this defense all but guarantees you a championship. But because the offense is so bad, it basically doesn't matter. And to me, what it boils down to, like truly at the end of the day, the Chiefs don't know how to win this way. They don't know how to be a defensive first team. And and I don't know if that's an Andy thing. It probably is. But they do not know how to win with a good defense. And maybe it means that they're missing some pieces. Maybe as we talked about, like it's an identity problem. Can they not see that they're a defensive team? Do they not know it? Because their inability to win these games when the defense is playing at this level, they will never have as good a defense in Patrick Mahomes' career. This will be the best defense that he ever plays with. I will put my stamp on it right now. They're never going to be this good again. And so if we're wasting anything, we're wasting this season of incredible defense. And it's truly, I think, the reason why some Chiefs fans are still holding out on these little shreds of hope that they could win the Super Bowl, because when your defense is this good, then you get to have Nick Gregg go on national television and say defense wins championships. And look at all these things. They still have Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. They still have Travis Kelsey. So, of course, you want to believe that when the lights get the brightest and the games mean the most in January, with a defense like this, you can do anything. And they should be able to, but instead they have the worst results of Patrick Mahomes' career and it falls squarely on the shoulders of the offense. The defense has held their weight all year long and it's just so disappointing that the offense is playing this way. And I will say it one more time, with this defense, in any other season of Mahomes' career, it all but guarantees you a championship. And right now, none of us have real bottom line confidence that the Chiefs are going to do it this year. No, not at all. Um, and and I mean a big piece of this, and you kind of were were flirting with it, but Mahomes is not playing his best in a lot of these games. Uh, I thought he was especially bad in this game. Um, you know, I he, he I appreciated his effort and his guts. Uh, I did not appreciate him going out there and taking a bunch of extra hits on his body, uh, just because it felt like you know it, it felt like he was trying to put the team on his back and trying to do a little too much. And I feel like that opened up a, a, a good chance for injury. I was very happy that nothing ended up happening because he was just taking those extra two or three yards each time to, to take the hit. Even, on, man, on the throwaway interception. Oh, my gosh. When he just completely stops, goes flat-footed. I, I assume he's just giving out the play. I'm screaming, throw the ball away. It looks like he does throw the ball away, but he actually keeps it on the field and it gets intercepted. That I was like... What the fuck was that? Like I was I could not believe that play. Like, did he mean to throw it away and just miss? Uh I guess he was trying to squeeze it into Watson on the sideline there, but that is not a throw you can make. I, I mean, I guess that goes to uh trying to play with a good defense so you can't press it like that. But I mean, I guess they're down ten at that point in the second half. You kind of have to a little bit, even though I'm not that was probably not a third down play. 
that that play was was ugly overall. I, I'm I, it annoys me a little bit that we kind of just rush to take it off his shoulders any, anytime something happens. Like even on that play, they're like MVS kind of brings his corner over here, and that's the guy that intercepts the ball. But I mean, that's kind of what you're supposed to do on a scramble drill. You're supposed to you know run towards him towards the sideline. And then he probably thinks that he gives up on the play because he just stops running and, and stands there flat-footed. So yeah, I think the play is over because you're just standing there and takes and just gets walloped for the for the effort to throw a pick. Um, but yeah, I thought he missed a lot of throws early in this game, like one behind Kelsey early on that was like a good three, four yards behind him. Just like, oh, that was ugly. Uh, his pocket awareness seemed questionable at best you know I mean that's I mean I guess that happens if your offensive line is breaking down time and again but he just didn't seem to know like where to move up which has always been one of his uh, greatest attributes to me uh, then he gets gun shy after the turnovers uh, the fumbling the throwing picks like you mentioned the interceptions he's thrown this season how many has he had negated by penalty like I feel like he's had at least five more interceptions that have been uh, taken away by penalty um, and they don't feel they don't feel like the ones where he's like Oh, it's a free play. No, and I'm gonna no, take nine. It's, it's not, it not Mahomes doing that at all. It doesn't look that way. Look, look can I ask you something? I, I've been wondering. I, I saw a tweet from you. Um, it was like the picture of Travis and Taylor walking out of the stadium after the game, and you just quote tweeted and said something like, I think you played great, honey. Um <laughs> which is phenomenal. Um <laughs> Do you do you think that Travis complains about work to his girlfriend? <laughs> like, like, what is her honest impression of the 2023 Chiefs? Does she think that Travis is like the best player in the world? And she's like, I don't see what all the fuss is about with this Patrick Mahomes. Or I don't know. I Travis seems to love his coach. I don't get it. What like, I don't what is it? Andy Reid, he's good at his job. Like, I genuinely wonder what their conversations are like. And some of it is just getting into, like, the psyche of these players. Because, like, Mahomes standing at the podium this week has said, I love seeing the frustration from my teammates because it tells me that they care. And I'm like, mm, okay. I guess that's the right way to answer the question, but I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if you actually feel that way. Uh, but do, do you think? Do you think that? Wh what do you think Taylor Swift's impression of these twenty twenty three Chiefs is? Because she's really seeing it through the eyes of Travis. Like he's telling her what's happening. I would guess. And so, how is Travis painting this season? He can't be happy, man. He can't. <laughs> There's no way he's pleased with the way that they're playing. Yeah, fuck, I don't know. Uh, it's it's she's really showing up when he's when he's slowing down here. Like if she would have been like five five years ago, she would have uh, been super impressed. I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty over the Taylor Swift thing. Uh, You're her. I, yeah, fuck yeah, I am. Get her out of here. I'm tired of seeing her. Um, I thought that, that picture of her and Brittany consoling each other after the game was just like, yeah, that about. That picture about sums it up. Like, yeah, go, go cry. I, I don't, I don't know. The, the Kelsey thing is, he's going to retire. He's retiring. I'm telling you, it's his last season. And if it's not, the only reason is because he's going to say, I don't want to go out like that. 
but like I, I think he's gonna, I think he's going to retire, man. I just saving grid. Uh, I guess it's possible. I mean, he's just he seems to like the game so much, and he's I don't know. Is he close to any record like the all time tight end receiving record or anything like? I guess Tony Gonzalez is probably quite a bit ahead in that. Um, I, he's about to break another thousand. At this point, if people still want to argue against Kelsey as the greatest tight end of all time, they could say it's longevity for Tony. They could say it's touchdowns and blocking for Gronk. There's no tight end in NFL history that has even two, even two back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, and he is going to have eight. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's phenomenal. But here's the thing, and this is, I think, that like perhaps maybe the biggest issue that they have offensively is that Travis has gone from like a number one wide receiver to just a good tight end. Like, I mean, he he was so good and so much better than everybody else at his position. And this year, I, I saw the the graphic earlier today that he's second in receiving yards at tight end now to George Kittle. George Kittle has 30-something more receiving yards than Kelsey does. Oh, this year? Yeah, so Kelsey isn't even leading his position in receiving yards. And, I mean, he used to be hundreds away from everybody. And so to see him go from, and I, I think that's probably the best way to frame it, from a number one wide receiver to just a good tight end. I, I mean, you could say he's even a great tight end, but he's just not the same player, man. And and I I, I think he's done. I think he is done. I mean, I'm looking it up. He's eighth in receiving yards in total last year among, among everybody. I mean, we talked about this is happening. We had the stat early in the season about receivers over the age of 32. So, I mean, this shouldn't be that big of a surprise, but they were really banking on, like, let's get one more prime year out of Travis Kelsey. Um, and it just doesn't seem to have... It just... I mean, he's still good, and he can still do things, but it's just, like, it, it, it does look way slower than it did before, and he's just not... Well, I don't think the change of direction stuff that he used to do is any he it's not his strong point anymore to where it's like if you want Travis to be at his best, I think you need to actually hit him on the move um where he's already kind of got some momentum and then he can maybe make a guy miss or do with that, but like the I'm going to catch the ball with my back to the defense and I'm going to fake this way and turn the other way and move like that that gone. That's gone. It's and, and, and just like trusting him in like third and six to like get open. Like, okay, let's, well, if they're not doubling Travis Kelsey here, we'll throw it to him because he'll get open. And it just feels like I, I don't see him beating man coverage anymore. Like I don't see him winning routes when as, as recently was that last year that he's beating Jalen Ramsey one-on-one, like he's beating some top, he beat Denzel Ward one-on-one in a, in a game. I think that's a few years ago in a playoff game at this point now. But, you know, that's the kind of the Kelsey we're accustomed to where now it's just like, it's more like just catching balls in the middle of a soft zone or catching balls underneath uh, and then making stuff happen. Like it has to, like he has to be fed almost out of necessity because, you know, we don't really have anyone else instead of like we're feeding him the ball because he's always open and they're not taking it away. It's, it doesn't feel like that anymore. So I don't even like it seemed like they were giving him some attention, but I don't think it's nearly as much attention as as like. You know, people say it's like, well, they triple team Kelsey and then nobody else can get open. I don't I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just like I don't think he's commanding the same type of respect from defenses. No, not at all. Not at all. And it's like that's I mean, that's just part of the pot problem with with I mean, everything that's gone wrong. It's 
That's why it falls at everybody's feet. And I don't, this isn't really Kelsey's fault. He's older. Uh, and I guess you can question like his, well, I don't want to question his attitude, even though I, I didn't like him slamming the helmet like that, even though I, he's done in the past. And so it's, it is just like. You literally did in the game last year. Yeah. It's just like getting annoyed because of the result. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just lots of the, the running game Pacheco in this game was Pacheco drunk. Like Pacheco lined up wrong multiple times. He didn't take a handoff on the second play of the game. Like he just didn't take it. He tries to take the handoff back from Mahomes. I guess that he, he sees the pressure coming on the fumbled six. Um, he doesn't line up correctly on a fourth and one later. He actually did have his helmet strapped up both times. I actually went back and watched cause I was like, dude, does this guy just not strapping up his helmet multiple times and it just comes off and like but he did have it it just like it just got tackled by the helmet multiple times with like defenders coming in it um, our producer nick pointed out that kelsey seems at his best now when he's just using his size and running a straight line uh so he's gronk now that's what he's become yeah i mean late late gronk in the career gronk which they're still the same age so i mean he's still doing better than gronkowski is now <laughs> i would i would like to see i mean look i in in hindsight, it's always easier to go back and try to tinker with things. Um, I think that next year will be absolutely like the end of the line for Travis Kelsey. If he comes back, I, I can't see him playing beyond one more season. Um, I would really like to see them use him differently with the knowledge that they now possess about where he's at physically. We could say that it may have something to do with the hyperextension at the beginning of the year. I think he also ended up kind of hurting his ankle. And I mean, he's an NFL player that that plays a, a physical brand of football, too. So um, it, it could just be a bunch of different things that are piling up. But I think if they know that Travis is more of a like that, that mind meld that he has with Mahomes has always been his best weapon, but he had all of this athleticism and this explosion and that stuff isn't quite there. And so they can't count on him to be the answer to nine out of 10 problems. And so I think that like just being able to make some of those shifts in the offense where it's like, we want to go to Travis on every third and six, but we can't just assume that that's going to work. And so we need to start building some other options into these plays. And we certainly need to have a better collection of talent around him. I mean, the, the Chiefs are now in a position, and I, I think it's it's hard to talk about off-season stuff during a season. It always is. But, but there. I mean, man, the pendulum is going to swing for this team uh, this offseason pretty dramatically because of the number of defensive free agents that they have. And they simply can't sign all of them. Uh, their two best defensive players both have expiring contracts, and I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign either one, um, not to mention a number of role players as well. And you have to look at, like, well, they got to change that receiver room, and they probably want to reinforce the offensive line even without all these guys that are have expiring contracts on defense, like this, this team is going to look dramatically different next year. And I don't know if they will ever really be a defense first team again, because as I said, I don't think that they know how to win that way. I just don't think they do. This team is at its best when Mahomes and the offense is really what is is driving them forward, is driving their success. 
And the lack of it this year has just been so stark in compared to other seasons. Um, Brett Veach is going to do the overcorrection and say, we can never let this happen again. And, and we need to be a top five offense with a hopefully top 20, top 15 defense instead of the inverse of it. Because it's just so crazy to me that the Chiefs have like a top three defense and a top 12 or so offense and they look this bad. And it's a in a, in a year when all offenses seem to be down. Um, I, I, I can't make heads or tails of it, man, but I, I do think that they need to really make some major adjustments uh, in this offseason in order to give themselves a better chance to win games because Travis isn't the same player. Um, and, and they're, apart from Rasheed Rice and like sometimes Pacheco... Um, I don't, I don't even really know what the strength of this team is offensively. You just have Patrick Mahomes. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, you just get some more, but I think the solution's rather easy. You just got to get some veteran receivers in here that he's going to trust. Um, I think, you know, where the biggest, I, I think the offensive line is pretty much set. I mean, you got, uh, four guys that are all locked in and then I think you probably slide Wanya Morrison at left tackle and, and hope that he figures out with maybe a veteran swing tackle behind him. Um, I do think he's going to overcorrect the receiver. One more problem that we haven't really gotten to with this year's offense um, that just kind of peaked its head up is Jarek McKinnon going out for the year. Uh, I think McKinnon was one of his more trusted receivers, you know, especially like in the red zone or like on a third and two kind of pass. Um, and he, him randomly going out for the entire season, he's done, right? Uh, they said that they he will be able to come back if they win their their first playoff game. If he would be eligible for the whatever is that the divisional round, the second round. Okay. So yeah, I mean, like that's just, they can bring him back. It's just will they even get there? I mean, that's that was what I thought. You made a really great point during the game. Everybody's like, "Well, I guess we're going to see Mahomes play a road playoff game." And you're like, "At this rate, <laughs> we may not. Are they even going to get out of wild card weekend?" Whew. It's. It, I mean, it'll be tough. See who they end up with here. Buffalo would be. A very interesting matchup, but but just with McKinnon, just one of those trusted trusted receivers, um, and I think that's a, that's a huge loss. Somebody, and they've been talking about saving him, saying the words "we're saving him for later in the season," and he's we get to that part later in the season, it's like okay, time for him to come back, and then he plays one game and then just randomly um, is is out for the year after that. So that's going to be a huge loss, and someone you sh- probably shouldn't have been counting on. I mean, if you're counting on a 32, 33 year old running back to be one of your major weapons, that's that's probably one of the faults along the way there uh but nobody really replaces them like i don't like clyde and and pacheco can catch the ball i guess but neither of them are like the receiving have the receiving acumen of someone like mckinnon and it also makes me think of just like man think of all like the schoolyard plays i I meant to say this earlier we were talking about Mahomes holding onto the ball for for a long time think of like all the magic he's made throughout his career um throughout last season all the different mvp moments where he's scrambling around and then makes something happen and really just not getting that this year. Like not just for whatever reason, when he's scrambling around and, and one of those moments waiting to happen when you usually hold your breath, now you're almost just like, is is he about to throw a pick? Like, is he going to take a big hit? I hope he can scramble for a first down, best case scenario. But almost nothing is happening in that scramble mode, uh, Mahomes creation mode that, that was a huge thing last year. Like I just saw some highlights from last year, like the little flip against the Buccaneers where he's, you know, in the corner of the end zone and just flips it into Clyde for the touchdown, just the flip to McKinnon, 
all these different plays that he's making along the way. Um, that's a big missing ingredient from this year, too. Yeah, I mean, it used to be football, friendship, and fun, and now it's just football, friendship, and frustration. Um, Fart. They're 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 not they're not having any fun out there. Did you see the first are we? the first back to back fart and taint in NFL history? A fumble after return touchdown and a touchdown against interception or something like that. I don't know. It works. It works. But that's very amateur hour stat. The first time ever in NFL history that happened on back-to-back plays. Well, uh, look, man. Tough times uh, to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Um, We've got the Bengals. Uh, 325 on Sunday. I'm really just hoping for a win. Uh, the style points would be really cool if they went out and just like did the thing that the Raiders did after you know losing a game three to nothing in overtime to go out and win 63 or something. I mean, that should be said. The NFL week to week is just like it's in, like you have no idea what you're about to get. Like, the Bills came out and laid almost as big an egg as as the Chiefs did. I mean, they're losing to Easton Stick in a must-win game with their playoff lives on the line. Like that was a much more important game than it was than this was for the Chiefs. And if they would have lost to Easton Stick, I mean, that's a horrible loss. It's just a huge difference between pulling out a game at the end and not pulling it out. Um, and so, no, I mean, if if you if you look at how some of these these you know just week over week results have been yeah, i mean you know, the raiders the raiders did a we scored 0 points in 5 quarters and then put up 63 the following week um and then absolutely annihilated the best team in their division um you know and, and we see how the 49ers have been clearly yep. the best team in the league for the last 5 6 7 games and then they run into Baltimore and everything falls apart for them. Um, I don't think we really know like who's good and who's not. People now want to say, oh, well, it's the Ravens. And, you know, until next week, until the Dolphins beat them next week. And like, watch, they'll lose to the yeah, Dolphins. And yeah, then, then it'll be the Dolphins and then they'll lose to the Bills the next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, it's, it's, <laughs> oh God, we do have a good chance to lose to an Easton stick. Unfortunately, it is, it is a really crazy year, man. And I mean, that honestly is like where the shreds of hope remain is that all of these teams, you don't really know what you're getting, you know, from, from week to week. Um, it's, still there. it's still there. Like it, all you have to do is figure it out. All you got to do is figure it out. And it's, well, it still it still feels like the teams that are beating the Chiefs are usually the Chiefs. Um, I do think that the Raiders really beat the Chiefs on Sunday, but it's still two self inflicted wounds. Really, I mean it's it's back to back turnovers. I, I I mean two touchdowns in seven seconds. The response though were so weak. It was just like I talked last week because they got down. Like they faced adversity last week and they responded for one of the few times they have this season. It was like, like finally, like this is what you have to do. Like nobody remembers being down 10, seven to the Patriots because you responded and then end up winning by double digits. Like it's, it's just no big deal. This happens in the NFL every single week to multiple good teams. Like what matters is when you don't respond. Like they had, I got multiple instances in this game. They fake a punt and convert. They have, uh, Clyde go on like this tackle breaking run, like potential mo- 
momentum swings. They got a fourth and one conversion at like what their own 30 yard line or something like, and, and cheers to Andy Reid for doing that and realizing that he had to at that time. That leads to a turnover on downs. The Clyde tackle breaking 32 yard reception leads to a turnover on downs and goalie go situation. The Mahomes running all around for his life. The Richie James 47 yard or something took us down to first and goal at the nine and we turned it over on downs. We didn't score on that possession. I think we did score on that one. Didn't we? I think that's always did score. But regardless, it's it's it was these times like, okay, there it is. Like that that's the play that's got gonna turn the momentum in this game and they'll and they'll figure it out and actually show up. And in the end it just never never happened. And that's that's one of the few times I would say in like the Mahomes era where it was just like just no answers. They have no answers to the questions of this test. Well, and it's just, man, it's been so brutal. It's like everywhere you look, it's like uh, uh, that that meme from Community when Donald Glover like comes into the room with the pizzas and everything is on fire. It's like no matter where you look, there are stats that are just really, really tough to swallow, man. Really tough to swallow if, as far as this offense is concerned. Um, I, I don't even know how to contextualize how bad it is this year. Uh, cause it, the dog taking the dump on the field, did it? You don't have to get the dog did it. All right. That's what it is. All right. Well, folks, this has been another edition of amateur hour. I am Ryan Scott. All he is his darkness. Justin Herbert is Philip rivers. And, uh, you know, hopefully the chiefs win on Sunday. <laughs>